Welcome back to Pivot. Happy Pivot Day, everybody. This is season two, episode 15, the one where Ross and Rachel, you know. You know. You We're know. in like sixth grade and we can't say the word sex. But we are small children, Tiana, like at heart. That's true. We're like middle school boys. That's true. I love this episode and I'm so excited. Okay. But before we get into it, have a content plate update. What are we watching? Finished Love, Di- Love Island. Oh, you finished Love Island. Finished okay. Love Island. I made Paul sit down in um, oh, during nap time on Labor Day. I was like, we have to finish During this. nap time on Labor Day. <laughs> just like power through, man. Those we last just... few episodes, you're like, for fuck's sakes, like we just got to finish. Every season, we do that. Every season, mm-hmm. when it gets to the point of we know no bombshells are coming in and it's their final dates, we fast forward through it. So we fast forwarded through most of the final dates, except oh, for- Oh, I fast forwarded through the final dates too. Mitch and Ella B was the only one we watched because of all yeah. the drama around it. Yeah, same. And like, I was really sad that they forego, um, for went the baby challenge this- that's actually what Paul Season. said. He was I like, th- I always thought that challenge was hilarious. Me too. I think it's so funny. I think it really brings out so much of each person. Mm-hmm. You really see who are not baby people. So yeah, or, like, I was people sad. surprise you. I was, I don't know why they did that. I know that the grafties were new. I don't know if that is they, what replaced it. Yeah. They, they, they zhuzhed some stuff up. They did, which, okay, let's talk about the grafties. I want to punch Mitch in the straight up balls. He's, yeah, he's just Mitch. He's messy Mitch. He's a knobhead. He is actually. I, I personally think Scott is worse than Mitch. That's interesting. I can't. I just thought Scott was the absolute worst of all time. I can't read Scott. And I think that that's where I get frustrated. I also think that this was not the show for him. Well, he went on Love Island USA. What? Yeah. Uh, Did not know that. Yeah. Uh, This most recent season. So how is he in the USA version versus this UK version? I don't know. I refuse to watch the USA version. Okay. Respect that because I I am the same. (laughs) Yeah. I will not watch it. So. Interesting. I, I, I. I appreciated Mitch for what he was. I appreciated that he actually had a personality, but like there was just so many times where you're like, what is this dude doing? It just felt so like, I can't even think of the word. It just like, it it just felt like so attention seeking. Like he was literally trying to create his own storyline constantly, but doing it in like the worst way. For like one of the older people on the show, he really was had a has a lot of room to grow for sure holy shit molly dodged a huge bullet mm-hmm. big time but i was I, I listened to molly and zach on um not skinny but not fats podcast oh and they're so cute together yay i do like them together yeah i think that they have the most mature relationship out of everybody in my opinion i think they probably have the most longevity yes potential mm-hmm. which Mitch and Ellaby already broke up shocking shocking yeah which i don't think they knew why they were together (laughs) no but we kept saying like run ella like the second you get out of the villa run yeah it is not good but i was more like i was more shocked at not who won it but who didn't win it 
Yeah, I think for I think that they that Jess and um the fuck is his name? Sammy. Sammy. I think they won it purely because I think people really love Jess. I, I agree. And actually Paul said that same thing. He was like, she's like the sweetheart. And honestly, I didn't like Jess in the beginning, very no, first I episode. Either. And I adore her now. Like I would be her friend. I think she's hilarious. Yeah, she's funny. But she's got a little shade to her for sure. Totally. I think Sammy also really redeemed himself because he almost became like the like the wizened sage of the villa where he was giving actually I think good advice yeah so I think that was a big turning point too for him but Mm -hmm. I was really thinking it was going to be Tyreek and Ella I thought they'd win it I thought they would win it I mean but like people were obsessed with Whitney Mm -hmm. too I think she's so funny she's great it's giving hilarious Um, what's the guy's name that she was with Um, Lockin Lockin I think they're really 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 cute I don't know if they have forever vibes. We'll We'll see. see. We shall see. So have you ventured further into season five of Love Island? I have actually. So my content play has just been full of tennis. (laughs) (laughs) So the U.S. Open is going on right now. And like that's all I've been watching like morning tonight. Did you see? Oh, my gosh. What's her name? Coco. Coco Goff. Uh, That was brilliant. Wait, which one? When she talked to the ref. Oh, against Laura Siegman. Yes. Yeah. The the whole thing was so stupid. Like this woman, Laura Siegman, she's a player from Germany. Mm-hmm. She is just like they implemented a serve clock, which is new. Oh, I didn't know that that was new. It's, okay. it's newer. Um, and so some players really struggle with it because a part of their strategy is to just pace of their play is their strategy. And so like this bitch was taking way too fucking long. Like, some people have gotten warnings, but like throughout the whole tournament, I have never seen anybody like struggle that badly. And so like, she was just kind of doing shit. And like the, the chair umpire was like really giving her a lot of wiggle room and a lot of grace. And like the commentators, they actually kind of got a little nasty about it, but they were on her. And like, finally, like Coco Goff just like, is like, listen, she, she's got she's been running the serve clock down she ended up losing at a game because of the serve clock you get one warning and then if you get called on it again you lose a point (gasps) well if that points at the end of the game then you lose the game and that's what happened on her second her second warning she lost the game because she lost a point and so after that like she was like she she sat down during in between games when there it wasn't a changeover which you're not allowed to Mm mm-hmm So she was just, she was being, she was being stupid and like, couldn't like everyone has to deal with the the serve clock. Coco does play fast. Mm -hmm. And so a lot, one of the stupid things was like Coco's ready to serve and like, she's not ready. She's still going to the towel and like she once Coco served and um, Laura Siegman like wasn't ready. And so she wanted her to serve again. Yes. And it's like, no, like you're supposed to go to the server's pace. Yes. Granted, Coco is faster, but that's also the, strategy. Get with the program. <laughs> like, that's also strategy. If you're going to run the clock down because that's your strategy, then you also have to respect the fact that somebody else's strategy is to move at their own pace. Exactly. So it's like, get with the program, Laura. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, she just cried. Like, it was so stupid. It is really dumb. I just think that what was disrespectful is the fact that Coco was being held to a different standard than Laura Sigmund was. And so what do you mean? Like she was getting 
called on the clock stuff, but Laura went over it like three or four times and wasn't getting. No, Coco wasn't called on clock stuff. Oh, she wasn't. No, only Laura was called on clock stuff. Oh, okay. Laura, there, there wasn't really anybody holding Coco to a different standard than Laura. It was just after the mat, like Coco finally like stood up for herself. Like her coach was like really urging her and like finally enough was enough. And she said something. Yeah. Um, and she was very professional and direct about it. She's she like, she was, and she's young too. She's like 19, she's 19. 20. Yeah. 19. And Laura Sigmund's like fucking like 30 something. Yes. Like way too old to be pulling this shit. So it wasn't like Coco was being held to a different standard. It was just Coco stood up for herself rightfully. So, mm-hmm. and then afterwards in the press conference, Laura Sigmund was like, crying because like she she was just having a lot of victim energy being Mm. like i play we're performers and we play for the crowd and blah 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 blah. like it was just so stupid bullshit that's so stupid interesting anyways we went down a major rabbit hole when you're talking about tennis so sorry (laughs) that's been my life is is just the tennis and i'm really excited for this next week I'm Francis Tiafo lost last night. He was really fun. I love him, but he did lose to a guy, Ben Shelton, who's cool. So hmm. he's going to play Djokovic. Ooh. So we'll see. And then on the, I just, I hope Coco goes the distance. I hope so. The too. number one seed was knocked out. Oh, wow. Like there's only the number two seed left that could really cause her problems. So I really hope that Coco wins. I hope so too. She Good has for a real her. shot. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I could see why your uh, content plate is full. I mean, it's morning tonight and I'm like a night person. And like the fun, the fun with the US Open is like they have these late night matches. And so they will play till like 2 a.m. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So I've been staying up to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Me. I like it. I like it. Well, fun, 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 fun. fun. Um, So this episode, our writers are Michael Curtis and Gregory S. Malins. So I feel like we've seen these people before. Have we? Because yeah. I, I can't remember. But yeah. Here, and here Michael Lembeck, the director. Michael Lembeck, for sure. I recognized his name. So here we are. Um, original air date, February 8th, 1996. I'm not going to lie. I was laughing so hard at the text I sent you on the 1st of September. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just looks so nice. It just looks so good on paper. It does. <laughs> Who doesn't love the first of the month? I mean... My same reasons, but yeah, I like it. I thought that was funny. So anyways, shall we get into the recap? Okay. So first let's talk to Joey and Chandler. So Days of Our Lives has picked up Joey's option, meaning he's a recurring role now and is really making some money. So he purchases a brand new giant TV and big recliners. Oh my gosh. The whole episode is basically them refusing to leave their chairs, constantly watching TV, ordering food in, like honestly a life I would like to live for a little bit would get boring, but for a few days, yes. not bad. Oh yeah. I wouldn't mind taking a staycation and just like chilling, but I think it's so funny now because obviously at the time that was like the height of television was like this big yeah. giant like tube TV. And now it's like, oh my gosh, if they could see what we look at on a daily basis, mm-hmm. it's insane. Yeah. But yeah. totally funny. I love it. I just love like, the iconic scene where they flip the footrest and they lay back. Oh, oh, it's so, it's so iconic. <laughs> Joey's got the Cheeto stuck to his face. <laughs> when he turns, it's so good. It's just like, they've just, they're just ca- like the definition of couch potatoes. Yes. But they're like full bonding. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. But I, I 
I think like the whole like just ordering food in is totally relatable. Like I love to order food in. Same. I I can cook. And there's sometimes when I'm like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. But like, I just love ordering food in. Yes. I, I love feeling like I went out, but am not. <laughs> like I went yeah. and got something delicious and yummy, but I didn't have to go anywhere. My favorite thing is when I travel for work, I will like go to the, uh, to the hotel, put on like, take it, take a shower, put on my robe and then order food and like mm. eat it on the bed and watch TV. Oh, it's my favorite. That sounds amazing. And then I feel stupid cause I'll spill on the bed. Well, it's not your bed though. So, so I know <laughs> that's okay. But okay. Ross and Rachel. Yes. Okay, so Ross is taking Rachel out on their first official date. When they get back from the date, Ross tries to kiss Rachel, but she can't seem to stop laughing. And poor Ross, he gets self-conscious. I know. Okay, so two outfit things for Rachel. So when they first go, everybody goes over to Joey's and Chandler's to see the things. She's got like kind of the quintessential like tights with the cute Mm -hmm. shoes and everything, but her shirt is like almost like a light mustard and it has like this yeah, design. Yeah. I love that shirt. It's so cool. It is. Like, it's just unique. It's almost a little too cool for Rachel. <laughs> like really? I would almost want to see it on Monica. Ooh, yeah. I could see it on Monica. She yeah. would rock it. Mm-hmm. And then her first date outfit, I love. Yes. The, the brown long sleeve shirt with the high-waisted like trousers. Yeah. It's almost like a good. crop top outfit it's just it's adorable on very her. Uh, definitely an outfit you would see now yes it's so back which i i like i like that look so yeah so the next day rachel wants to make it up to ross and asks him out to dinner wine and dessert are her place which she's implying sex oh yeah uh their date does take a sideways turn ross gets called into work he ends up working all night and works over their date plan. So Ross takes Rachel to the planetarium since they're at his, his museum. They set up a picnic and do the deed. Uh, love the pivot. I think it's adorable. Brilliant. It is cute. Brilliant on Ross. It's something you could only really get away from when you're dating in your 20s. Yeah, because I think you appreciate the thought that he did. But I also am like, what massive emergency does a paleontologist have a beeper for? Yeah, I mean, I my opinion on this is Rachel is way too chill for having Ross work late over their plans. Yeah, I also, I um, I get hangry. Like, there's no, no way. way would I still be sitting there and be like, I'm going home because I'm hungry. I'm not going to sit here for a juice box. Right? No, no, absolutely not. The next day they wake up and there's a school field trip watching them through the window. Awkward. I have problems with this. So Ross would totally be fired for this. That and the fact that you started getting it on in the planetarium, but you moved to the, I'm sorry, but moved back into the dinosaur wing. What sounds sexy? Like, how does it sound sexy to say, let's go have sex in the diorama room next to some fake caveman. I think it's just like when you're like one in your twenties and like first, like with your partner and it's just like, you literally can do it anywhere and you're just like this is adventurous everything is adventurous everything is fun everything is a good idea yeah 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 you know yeah but i was like i thought it was funny like technically their first time was scheduled sex oh my god it was because they like planned it out because it got Mm -hmm. ruined the first time Mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's interesting yeah what's your take on scheduled sex 
Uh, I'm not opposed to it. I think it's fine, you know. Yeah. I, I think that it can work, but then there's also like, it, it can be a big pendulum swing. You can also go to the point of like, if it's too be, rigid, too regimented, then it feels like a job mm-hmm. and not the good kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was fine though. <laughs> my favorite line is, oh, come on. Would you just grab my ass? Oh my gosh. I know. And it's, but she's just so nervous and I totally get it. But yeah, I could totally see it. It's, it's. It's kind of hard because like last episode they were making out and maybe this episode, I mean, it she does pull it off. Totally. But the laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that's funny is that scene, I found out that it, when Friends plays on Nick at night, they actually like bleep that, not bleep it out, but they like completely cut it, cut it off. Yeah. The grab my ass part. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pity. I know. Give the kids what they want. They just want an ass grab. Okay. My favorite storyline, Monica and Phoebe. Me too. So after promising to help Monica at a catering gig, Rachel realized she's double booked herself because she has a date. Yes. Phoebe steps in to help her. They arrive at the catering gig and it's for Dr. Richard Burke, an incredibly handsome ophthalmologist who just went through a divorce. Aww. I love that whole scene of when it's like talking about like how he knows people know they went through a divorce because of the head nod. And yes. then he responds with the head bob, like, I'll be okay. Like, yes. it's so typical mm-hmm. you know it's I, it's like the how are you i'm good like nobody actually cares nobody actually wants to know how his divorce is going no it's totally the niceties and yeah. explaining the niceties of like when you talk to somebody who you know is going through a difficult time and like you say stuff without saying it kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah it's that total service conversation i but love it he 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 looks good he he makes a good entrance. He is a good looking man that he is Tom Selleck. So they instantly click during the party. You can tell he actually really likes Monica because he would rather linger in the kitchen and talk to her than go hang out with his guests. Oh, yes, he would. The next day she makes an eye appointment. Um, and really, you could cut the sexual tension with a knife. Like you can tell they have really into great, each other. Really, really great chemistry for the age difference. It's not creepy at all. No, I don't think so. Like, no. They just, they really have great on-screen chemistry. They do. So at the eye appointment, they end up making out. And mm-hmm. then they go on a date the next night. And like, they at first they're like, we shouldn't move forward. It's kind of awkward. Like, you're a grandpa. Like, it, it, they kind of talk through how it's awkward. But then again, the chemistry, they again make, end up making out. That attraction is just there. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame them. I was thinking about this, like, could you ever date one of your dad's friends? Oh my God. I had the same thought and I was like, absolutely not. There's no way I couldn't. I just couldn't Mm -mm. No, because I also am very close with my dad's friends. So they're like uncles to me. So this would be different. Like I'm mm. not close with any of my dad's friends. Um, and still no. And no. And a hard no. (laughs) Or I mean, this might be ages, but I just don't think I could date someone that's a grandpa as a 20 something. Yeah, that I also thought that I was just like, oh, man, she's stepping into this like very different lifestyle, this very different Mm -hmm. role. I was like, well, what would be like my limit? And like, I don't even know if I would limit even in my 20s. I don't even know if I would want to date anybody that was a dad at like a new dad. I mean, even when I was in my 20s. I very, I like went on a date with a guy who was like 30 and I was like, Oh Mm. wow, he's 30. He was like, and you, it was, it was just different. Yeah. So I, 
I couldn't imagine going out with somebody in their 40s or 50s. Like, I just... No. I think I would, I would always probably date younger. I just... The older just never attracted me. But... Yeah. I don't know. Depend. Yeah. Um... I thought that Phoebe's catering outfit was like old school made vibes. Did you ever pick that up? I did. Like, it was the way she had her hair. It was her hair. And the clip. Yes, on top of her head. Yeah, it, was it was like, like I, I saw that too. I wasn't thinking made. I was thinking more like old school girl kind of thing. But yeah, it was the way she has it clipped up right in the middle of her head. I was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Very Princess Leia-esque. It, it just was like, no one does their hair like that anymore. No. Oh, absolutely not. That has not come back for real. I just thought it was so cute when they opened the door and Phoebe's like, oh my God, it's James Bond. Yes. Such a good line. So endearing. She's got such good lines. All right, let's take a break. And then when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about James Bond. Woohoo. And we are back into the background and research we got some fun ones i like this episode because there's like just these really sweet funny references yeah sweet little nuanced things Mm -hmm. so when they figure out that rachel double booked herself they phoebe's basically like trying to convince monica like hey i can do this and she goes through that line of like yeah, yeah, I can be a waitress. Give me two number twos, 86 of bacon, give me, add Maniv on a rack and wreck them. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what's the other ones, you know, 86 of bacon and number twos make sense, but what's Adam and Eve on a rack and wreck them? And it is eggs on toast that are scrambled. Scrambled. You would think it would be like sunny side up. So I think when she says wreck them. Oh. That's scrambled. On a rack, toast, and wreck them. Scrambled. Yeah. Oh, I think she says raft. I always thought she said rack, but I look. I looked up the actual line, and I think it's actually raft. I wrote rack. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> raft. You're looking at me like, like this is not making oh, sense. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I want to order eggs like that. I know, but I bet you we would I get. love scrambled eggs on toast. That is a good. What's your favorite way of having eggs? Ooh, Benedict. Well, really poached i love poached eggs poached yep i make a really really good poached egg my husband hates it though he hates poached eggs he doesn't like eggs at all what? he will only eat eggs if they are slathered in some sort of salsa or really Ew. in a who burrito the fuck puts salsa on eggs he just doesn't want to taste the eggs that's like people who put ketchup on eggs oh god don't even get that's me started disgusting. on ketchup disgusting i hate ketchup on anything who puts ketchup on eggs? Like, I don't know. I, I love a good, like, I make it like the eggs, like a, I call them just like my slow and low eggs. Yes. Scrambled slow and low eggs. Or I do love like a good sunny side up. Yes. Um, mm. This pregnancy, I'm still having like runny eggs. I'm just making them over medium. Because yeah. bite me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like a, a slow and low scrambled egg on toast. Or just a sunny side up eggs. I used to call them dippy eggs when I was a kid. Oh, on toast. I like just love like fancy toast. Oh yes, That's what it comes down to. That's it is all about the toast. Yeah, but yeah, man, you can't go wrong with a good egg and toast. I mean, it's just like a just a basic breakfast thing. But if it's bad, mm-hmm. it, no, absolutely. How do not. you make your poached eggs? Because like that has eluded me like of how to do that yes okay like i've tried it before and it just never comes out very well this is why my husband hates us 
So I love the show Worst Cooks in America. Yeah. I'm not a bad cook. I'm a really good cook, but I still learn a lot from that show. And it's also really Yeah, it's like cooking basics. Right? So one of the things they did one year was poached eggs. So when you make a poached egg and you get your water to, you don't boil it um, to a good temperature, you put distilled white vinegar in it because it makes your whites harden immediately when they hit the water. And you actually spin and like stir the water a little bit so it's moving before you put the egg in oh so usually that'll help keep them together and that has worked well for me so you cook them for how long Mm, it depends i can do it by eyesight now but i would say a couple minutes two to three minutes depending yeah so but yeah it's fun. I love a good poached egg. That's my jam. That was one of the things in pregnancy. I was like, fuck, you can't have runny eggs. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Screw it. Yeah. Come on. I've been making some really good salami sandwiches. Oh yeah. I make a little, uh, I make a little, it's so it's toe, it's bread and I put a little mustard and mayo on there. I'll do a little salami, some ham, provolone cheese, mm. a little lettuce in there and some tomato. And it's so good. You're having a Joey moment right now and I'm loving you for it's it. It's so good. I love sandwiches. I do too. And when, so for those of you that don't know, when you're pregnant, you're not supposed to have deli meat. So that's what I said when I was pregnant. And so we went to this place that we could walk to called Lloyd's Sandwich Shop. Ooh. And I would get the same thing. It was like salami and provolone and like, oh, it was just so good. And I would have them heated up. And I'm like, you know what? I heated it up. It's fine. It's cooked. And I don't heat them up. No, no judgment though. Like I, yeah. I, I don't heat it up. I was doing a little like toasted heated ham and cheese for a little mm. bit. That's that's one of Allison's like favorites right now is the ham and cheese. Oh, now I'm now I'm just hungry. Just hungry. <laughs> I think I'm hungry. Maybe that's why we're we're going down yeah. this food rabbit Jeez. hole right now. Oh God, gotta love it. Um, okay, so this is funny. I'm not really sure if they watch the Dick Van Dyke show on like when the guys are like watching it. They do. Okay. Um, I, I was watching for that and I didn't catch it. I caught them watching like Beavis and Butthead and it's when they like all the friends get there and they're like, they, oh. they're watching the Dick Van Dyke show. And then like Dick Van Dyke was really meant to be watched on a bigger screen. And then some woman from the Dick Van Dyke show pops up and they're all like, Oh yes, Okay. That's right. So small world connection. One of the executive producers is Danny Thomas. Mm-hmm. He is the father of Marlo Thomas who plays. Oh, Miss Rachel's Green. mom. Sandra Green. That's cool. So, small world. Thought that that was kind of funny. Let's talk about Tom Selleck. Oh, my God. Okay, I love Tom Selleck. Like, <laughs> they chose a great-looking older man. I know. So, he was 51 when this aired. Yes. And so, and Courtney Cox was 31. Mm-hmm. So, not bad. The age difference is actually pretty... It, it tracks. It tracks. It's pretty much what they are in real life. The show, in the show, he's like technically 21 years older. Yes. Um, making him 58, but whatever. Yeah. So it's like a little bit more of a gap. Because Monica's supposed to be younger. She's supposed to be 27. Uh, again, here we are with them fucking up years and birthdays and stuff because she says she's 27. But when they, the one where they all turn 30 is five years later. Yeah. So it, it doesn't line up. Just such a, just such a, like, have you seen the butt fumble? No. You haven't seen the butt fumble? The butt fumble. From Mark Sanchez and the Jets? <laughs> 
know. Oh my God. I'm showing you the butt fumble. How do I know this? And you don't. I don't know. I, I probably watched it. Oh my God. You're going to watch this over and over. Yeah. I think I'm just laughing at the word butt fumble. You will know exactly why it's called a butt fumble. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I can't believe you don't know what the butt fumble is. Is this a butt fumble? This is the whole age situation in friends is a butt fumble. Yeah, totally. The birthdays suck. The ages suck. Like yeah, every, everything with ages are terrible, but we still love them. <laughs> this was so funny though. Like, or interesting, not funny. Yes. When Phoebe says it's James Bond with when Tom Selleck, apparently he was like considered for the James Bond role earlier <gasps> in his career. Ooh, over like Sean Connery. No, I just think like, you know, they changed James Bonds and mm-hmm. he was probably up for whenever they were filming he a new James Bond role. He would have been a good James Bond. I have an issue though. Like James Bond has to be British. Yes. I, I agree with you. He has to. Yes. Piers Brosnan is my favorite James Bond besides Sean Connery's. Great. I I really love Daniel Craig. I see. I've only watched one of his. So I'm like, meh. I don't know. Casino Royale is probably like my favorite. Ooh. I think it's my favorite James Bond movie. Okay. But Piers Brosnan was like classic. Yeah. For sure. I There was a move for a long time to make Idris Elba James Bond. Oh. That would have been really good. Yes, I like Idris Elba. Me too, man. Who doesn't like Idris Elba? I know. They just they need a they need a they need a snazzy, sexy British man. So yes, they do. Always, yeah. So wait, is Pierce Brosnan British? Pierce Brosnan, yeah. Oh, oh he's Irish. Wait, what? He is. Um, he's an Irish actor. Oh my but god! But he does a very good British Brit like. I think we need somebody over there on the island to play (laughs) from the UK on the island. My mind is blown. I didn't. Wow. How did I not know that Pierce Brosnan was Irish? I didn't either. Wow. All right. My life has changed. Um, So last little fun fact, the song playing in the planetarium when Ross and Rachel have sex is Wicked Game Mm -hmm. by Chris Isaac. Mm -hmm. So he's very well known for his like range. His vocal range. You could tell. Mm-hmm. But could tell. I don't know if there's any other. I'm sure there probably is. I mean, email us if I'm way off base here, but I can't tell you any other big Chris Isaac. I don't even know who Chris Isaac was. I know that song. I don't know who that is. But, you know, I don't know if they, he has any other hits. So. Okay. Time for best friend. Who is your best friend? I. Okay. I'm going back and forth here. Okay. Because I think that Joey redeemed himself from the ugly bracelet and bought them and these, bought them the thing. the nice things. Yeah. Then you've also got Rachel who was really nice at being so patient with Ross. Oh my God, I could I, never. I would never do that. I would never do that. Then you got Phoebe filling in and she's like supporting Monica and being yeah. like, you're you're so smitten with him. Yeah. So those are the three that I'm kind of going back and forth between right now. Mm-hmm. And even just saying that out loud, I still don't have an answer. I think, you know what? I'm going to go with Joey. Okay. Because he redeems himself from the ugly bracelet. He bought, He, I mean, buying a TV and two giant reclining chairs. Yes, that's not cheap. Which like, it's funny because like the chairs change, like they're not black. I know. They, the whole they series. become brown, right? Yeah, they become yeah. brown. Rosita. Rosita. Um, I picked Monica. Mm. I just really, I'm like, I'm rooting for Monica. Like, 
It was, I think the scene where she was like really excited and like tr- had to tell Ross who she's dating. You're like, yeah, Monica deserves a win. And like, yeah, she's, it was, it's so cute to see her flirt with like Dr. Richard Burke and all yes. that stuff. So He's witty too. I like the whole thing where <laughs> Phoebe comes back in and she's like, no, no, I get it. Cataract, Cadillac. Ha ha ha. Oh my God. Yeah. And then he goes out and does his little bit. I think that that's so funny. Who needs glasses? <laughs> Um, who's taking your wind? I think Ross. Big Ross, because he had to work. I mean, like, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. What what paleontological emergency needed to happen right then and there? I just I think that that was stupid. So it's lame for sure. Yeah. I think Ross is a very good pick. I I I ended up going with Joey and Chandler as a unit, as a unit because okay. they're like even though I kind of like think like I like it, I think it's funny. Like they're just being lazy and like sending food to Monica and Rachel's apartment, and Monica has to go get it while she's on her date. Like I would be pissed, you guys. I would be pissed. Yeah, too far. So it's I get just it. like for fuck's sakes, it's the t- it's TV. Like oh my god. Yeah. It's funny, but they're being they're being frenemies. Totally. I think they earned that. Yeah. I like it. Um, Joey Sandwich rating, you really like this episode? I do. I think it's a four. Four? Yeah. I'm a, okay. I'm solid on that. I don't think it needs to go any higher. Um I think this is a solid episode. I gave it a three. Nice. Cause I think it's just basic. I am in a very weird place right now with the show. <laughs> I am finding myself not rooting for Ross and Rachel. Oh, really? I am finding myself hating Ross and Rachel together. Yeah, I actually can see that. And I agree with you. Is that just crazy? I did not see this coming and I'm so confused. I wonder if it's because now we have slowed down to actually watch and digest it slowly. Maybe that's it. We're like, you're actually thinking through the behavior. Yes. Like I, I am stand, I'm in this place where Rachel is way too good for Ross. Way too good. And I'm just, I don't want them to be together. Like I'm rooting against them. Well, I mean, I know I don't have long to go <laughs> right. till my dreams come true, but I'm just in this place where like their relationship to me just doesn't make sense. And I like them better separately. Yes. And I think that's a good thing because then later on everything else makes sense. But yeah, I I think you're right. I see that too for myself of just like, she just could do so much better and like, he's just annoying the sometimes. one where ross and rachel you know i'm like i don't fucking care no not really yeah but good for you <laughs> yeah it's kind of frustrating that is interesting i, I just did though. not expect this to hit me like this no and i also root am rooting more for monica it's interesting because before it's just kind of like, yeah, and you know, it's Monica, but I don't think I've always rooted for Monica. Yes, I know. Yeah. I haven't realized how little like play in the game she had till like we talk about it. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I want Monica to like get in here. She really has not had a lot. Like even through the first season, like mm-hmm. she had some silly boyfriends. She was a chef. She lost her job. She really hasn't like, been the focus for someone that started out as like the, the main one of the main characters or so they thought 
it's surprising how little they gave Monica to do. Yes. Yes. It agreed. Would, I think, and maybe that's it. Like I'm having Ross and Rachel fatigue. Yeah. Maybe because we're slowing it down and going one by one, like the Ross and Rachel fatigue is real. Yeah. I think that that's it is we are really, really taking time to process this. And when you process yeah. it, you're just like, fuck, this is I, toxic. Yeah. Like, toxic ross is terrible in a relationship he's yes. so immature rachel is way too good for him right and then it's like okay can we go talk to somebody else now please like i'm right. sick of these two i feel you i 100 percent back you on that statement cool yeah um the next episode <laughs> the one where joey moves out oh i like get sad about this one uh, yeah but you know shit's happening we gotta keep it moving we do Literally, he is moving. And I think um, if all goes well, we might have a guest on next week. Ooh, surprise, surprise. So, all right, you guys, thank you so much. That was the one where Ross and Rachel, you know, season two, episode 15. Thank you for listening to the Pivot Podcast. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow along on Instagram at the Pivot Pod. You can email us at don'ttakemywind at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.